You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. I jumped the gun, so I'm so excited to talk about this win, so let's get right to it. The Knicks took care of business Wednesday night, hammering the Nets 142-118 at Madison Square Garden. It was an offensive explosion as New York posted 81 first-half points. Jalen Brunson, who had 30 at the half, finished the game with 39 points. It was also a breakout game for Quentin Grimes. He had 22 points in the win. He made six threes. As a team, the Knicks were 20 for 35 from downtown. They shot 60% from the floor. It was just um, a, a just dominant performance from the Knicks offensively. There was not much takeaway positive for the Nets in this game, but uh, Cam Johnson, they just required, acquired in that trade for Kevin Durant. He did have a good game. He had 33 points in this one. He had seven threes, but it was not enough as the Knicks route the Brooklyn Nets. So let's start with this. Like, Tommy, how did and why did the the Knicks dominate the Nets so easily in this one? I'm going to start. Well, obviously, you know, we'll start with Jalen Brunson. 30 points uh, on 12 of 14 shooting in the first half. You know, Knicks scored 81. Um, I don't know if it was the best single half the Knicks have played this century, this millennium. Um, but it's certainly up there on a very short list. In ter- I mean, they just could not miss. Um, shot 70% from downtown uh, for the game uh, above 50%. You know, d- put it this way, the Knicks had a higher percentage on three-point attempts than Obi Toppin had on dunk attempts last night. So that, that just gives you a little idea of, of, of how hot the Knicks were from, from beyond the arc. But um, and we'll get into all the specifics. I think just starting out like big picture stuff. I, I thought the start of the second half was interesting in the fact that um, it was an uneven second half and uneven third quarter, as we expected, you know, when you get a big lead like that game's going to get sloppy and choppy and all that stuff. Um, but I thought it was, it was interesting on the first defensive possession of the first half uh, of the second half. I noted Julius Randall fought through two, you know, two screens, bodied through them, got to his man, challenged defensively, close out on shooters. The other thing Randall did, Randall did and he, he's going to get kind of, you know, lost in the, you know, he only had 21, eight and eight last night. <laughs> yeah. Pedestrian uh, by his standards. You know, uh, um, but you know, just when it one once kind of stretch of I think it was three or four possessions in a row uh, in the first half, the second start of the second quarter, uh, found G, uh, uh, Quentin Grimes for a wide open three, found Mitch Robinson for a dunk, came down again, found Grimes for another three pointer. Um, we kind of expect Jalen Brunson to play. Uh, shockingly, we don't. He's not going to score thirty nine every night. But dating back to January first, we got you know that's two full months of data here. Jalen Brunson's averaging twenty eight point six points while shooting over fifty one percent from the floor, over forty six percent from three. Mm. We have he's just playing at a ridiculously high level. Even if that comes back down to earth and he's at a seasoned average of around twenty four twenty five a night efficiently. The Knicks can kind of unlock their potential when Randall does the little things, play hard defensively, fight through screens, and spray the ball to open three-point shooters. And, obviously, the other part of that equation is Quentin Grimes catching, shooting, and knocking down those shots. Yeah. Um, And that's exactly what he did last night. Um, We are, you know, Grimes believers here. You know, know, I don't think we've ever lost faith in him. I think we all assumed it's only a matter of time before he snapped out a little mini slump that he's been in. Um, And he did so last night. Um, We saw kind of um, you know, when he's playing well and it, and not only can he knock down threes, he attacks the basket. We know what he gives the team defensively. Um, there's just a lot to like there. Um, so we got the Brunson kind of, obviously he's the lead story, but then we have the, the, the complimentary pieces, Randall and Brunson as the cornerstones. 
we know what Josh Hart does, 7-0, and only four, four, and five, you know, four points, four boards, five assists last night. He was plus 30 in 25 yeah. minutes, Josh Hart. And that's a quintessential Josh Hart line. Um, you know, four rebounds, five assists, three floor burns, um, you know, jumping into the front front row on, on a team yeah. up 25 points. Um, and again, that second half, he jumped into the, you know, he jumped into the first row, Knicks up 25 points. Jalen Brunson taking charges with the Knicks up 30 points. It's that, that it's those little things, you know, uh, Randall, you know, joking with Brunson post-game press conferences and they're smiling and they're happy yeah. on the floor and they're goofing around with each other. It's those little things that build into the, the bigger thing. And when you sum all that together, talent, you know, talent, chemistry, um, Tibbs making the right decisions, playing the younger guys, all these things factor into a mix. You get a team that, you know, for 41 games now, dating back to they, they shortened the rotation uh, to December 4th. That's 41 games. That's exactly half a season. Knicks are 27 and 14. Only th two teams in the NBA have a better, um, uh, have more wins. Uh, only one team in the NBA has a better net rating. The Knicks are real. They are here. They should be taken seriously. And it's going to be fun to see how this plays out over the, the final 15-plus games of the regular season. Ooh, it's going to be good, Tommy. It's going to be good. Look, that game on uh, Wednesday night, first of all, uh, the shooting was unreal. I mean, the Knicks shooting the ball that well, especially in that first quarter, putting up 47 points. I mean, I, I, that was the best quarter of basketball the Knicks have probably played maybe in 20 years. I mean, that's how dominant they were offensively. And a lot of it was they were getting good looks. They weren't hesitating on those shots. And once one guy saw one go down, then everybody else started getting into the fray. Um, you mentioned Quentin Grimes. I, I like that he was aggressive. I like that he was not hesitating on whether or not to shoot or whether or not to pass or whether or not, you know, because sometimes I think on this team, because he has so many other offensive players who can get their own, sometimes I think he hesitates on whether or not he should, uh, you know, kind of get in the action. He kind of gets locked into just being that defensive guy. The Knicks are going to need him to be a factor offensively as well. And we know he's capable. And last night was a great example of that. Again, eight for 12 in the field, 22 points in this game. And, and his jump shot looked just pure in this one. You mentioned Josh Hart. I mean, how about Josh Hart ripping the ball out of Daron Sharp's hands in the, in the second half on a rebound like he was Zion Williamson on Kevin Knox? I mean, it was it, it was it was it was crazy watching how Hart, even when he's not scoring, can impact the game in so many different ways. And you mentioned Jalen Brunson. Brunson, 39 points on 18 shot attempts is ridiculous. I mean, that's just like, I mean, that that, that efficiency is crazy. Uh, he was five for six from the three-point line. If he made both, I mean, the only thing he, I mean, he made all his free throws this time, though the Knicks continue to have struggles with the free throws. That was the only thing offensively the Knicks continue to struggle with. But, I mean, Brunson, that was, that was as close to pitching a perfect game as you can have playing an NBA basketball game. They go had scored 39 points in 36 minutes on 15 for 18 and five for six from three. I mean, I, I mean, what is that in the baseball? That's like pitching a complete game shutout where you throw. DJ, I didn't, I didn't check Twitter. Did, I, I, I didn't check Twitter last night. Did Spencer Dinwiddie tweet a lot of stuff last night? Did, oh, was, was, he yeah. saying, was he saying much on social media? Because he's, yeah, he's been talking with, with KD and Kyrie on his side. Did he say anything about Brunson's performance last night? I didn't see that. Yeah, especially didn't really seem very quiet last yeah. night. It was funny because even after the last game, I guess he he didn't he didn't realize what had happened and what had changed when it came to the hierarchy of power in New York basketball. Because after the last game, when the Knicks spanked these guys, I guess he still could think that KD and Kyrie are coming through that door to quote Rick Pitino because he's like, oh, oh, next game, we're looking forward to seeing those guys again. 
And as Spencer Dinwiddie in this game posted minus 18 in this one, he shot three for 10 from the field, 0 for three from three. And his man, the guy that his contemporary at the point guard position pitched a shutout, essentially uh, 39 points, 15 for 18 from the field. So not much for Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think we'll be hearing much from him in this rivalry moving forward. So it was just an absolute dominant performance by the New York Knicks. And I really do want to harping on this Quentin Grimes case because to me, I know we've talked about X factors on this team. I like that. That Knicks team is like that when Quentin Grimes plays like that. Like, I think when you say, what is the max offensive potential of this team? If they get Quentin Grimes shooting the ball like that, they can put up 120, 130, 140 points on some teams because you know, you're going to get, quality play from Randall. You're going to get quality play from Brunson. You know IQ is going to bring it. RJ is a little bit of a mixed bag. He played very well last night offensively. Um, and Mitch Robinson, I mean, he was dominant in this game as well. So you know you're going to get your offense from certain guys. If you get that kind of offense output from Quentin Grimes, that's when you say, okay, now the Knicks go from being a good offensive team to potentially a great offensive team. 100%. Um, I'm just looking it up right now. Quentin Grimes has scored over 14 points. Uh, 12 times this year, 13 times this year, they are 11 and two um, mm. in, in those games. So that, that, that just kind of lends credence to the fact that um, he, when, when, when he gets going um, it's, it's a very good sign for the team um, because again, you kind of know um, what you got from, you, you know, what you're going to get from Brunson, you know, what you're going to get from Randall last night. Um, and, and I, and I, and I wrote a little bit about this morning, just kind of looking at the bigger picture and, and the grand scheme of things. Um, because, you know, expectations have to be adjusted now. Like this team, yeah. seven game win streak, average margin of victory during these seven games is 16 points. Um, again, they are not just winning games. They are dominating teams. Um, and, and they have, they, they've been a good team for a long time. They are a great team during this, during this current yeah. stretch. Um, now, history tells us, and, and common NBA thinking, you know, lets us know, an NBA team can only go so far if they don't have a top-tier elite NBA superstar, which the Knicks don't have. However, what's going to be fun and really interesting going forward is, what about if a team has two all-NBA caliber talents, because both, forget about Brunson being an all-star now, which is even more, la not being an all-star, which is even more laughable than it was a month ago. Yeah. Um, uh, both Brunson and, and, and Randall, I don't know if they're going to make all NBA. We'll, we'll have that conversation a month from now. Um, but they are in the conversation, certainly make no mistake about it. When you factor in the next record, their production, their efficiency, um, all that stuff, they're, they're all NBA caliber players. If they're not one of the 15 best players in the NBA this season, they're in that top 20, top 25 discussion. So yeah. the question is what, what's the ceiling of a team that has two all NBA caliber talents surrounded by seven players who all excel in their roles. When you have Mitchell yeah. Robinson, um, uh, three games in a row, he's yet to miss a shot. Um, in fact, I looked it up this morning on Basketball Reference. He is the first player in NBA history to have three straight double-doubles and shoot 100% from the floor in each of those wow. three contests. First and only player in NBA history. Um, we talked about Grimes knocking down three-pointers. We talked about Josh Hart and the bench. That's That, that second unit, since Josh Hart has arrived during the seven-game win streak, the best net rating, unsurprisingly, in the NBA in terms of their wow. reserves. Um, IQ, 15 points on 50% shooting. I mean, listen, if it's a day of the week that ends in Y, then IQ is going to give you 15 to 20 points. He's going to not, you know, he's going to shoot around, you know, shoot, shoot a high percentage. He's going to give you plenty on the defensive end, play passing lanes. Um, you know, uh, Hartenstein, 8-8, eight, eight, three assists and, and a, a couple blocks last night. Um, you love what he's given you as part of that second unit. 
The only two kind of, you know, the guys that really haven't uh, exploded of late are Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett. If and right. when these guys start, you know, succeeding in their roles, becoming superstars in their roles. Again, that's not RJ scoring 23 points a night. That's RJ scoring, uh, you know, maybe 16 points on 55% shooting from the floor, um, eight rebounds, four assists, and and solid defense. And, and Obi coming in, getting a few easy baskets, knocking down the corner three-pointers when they're there, and again, improving himself defensively. It, if those all those pieces can can kind of function, and and Brunson again the key piece that unlocks it all is obviously Brunson. When you have yeah. that guy, you have a chance in any playoff series. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see um, just what this team's ceiling is with that kind of roster construction. Yeah, and one of the things I think that gets kind of underrated when we think about this Nick ceiling in the postseason, because I think the reason why some will look at this team and say, say they're playing great, but what are they going to do when they play against these other teams that have superstar players? We gotta, we kind of forget. I mean, Jalen Brunson in that first round series against the Utah Jazz led a team primarily without Luka Doncic and played like a superstar. I mean, there's there's actually more indication that he's going to play just as good, if not better, in the postseason. Than he's played in regular season because the best we've ever seen him play before this season was when he was leading his own team in the playoffs against another caliber team, another high caliber team than Utah Jazz. So, like, I, I think that we say, oh, what's going to happen in the postseason? I mean, Jalen Brunson among the top scorers in clutch points this season, one of the top scorers in fourth quarter points this season, a guy who already has playoff experience, has closed teams out in the postseason. I mean, why not? Why not Jalen Brunson being one of those guys who in the postseason uh, is leading Knicks to one or two series wins? I think that now you have to look at the way they're playing and say, maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the guy that can get them to maybe not the, the mountaintop, right. but, you know, maybe a little closer than maybe we thought coming into the season. And, and closer than they have been in a really long time. In a long time, exactly. And, and and the other thing to note is the, the they, they would match up against the Cavs in the first round, who just so happened to have this guy named Donovan Mitchell, who Jalen Brunson dominated in the first in, in the aforementioned first round series against the Jazz, um, you know, uh, uh, last year. So you know that's you know that and that's something else. Um, one thing to note, um, just in terms of Brunson, and again, I, I thought that second half was interesting. The fact that. If the game had been close, Jalen Brunson had a legitimate chance to make a run at 62, the, the scoring record in yeah. Madison Square Garden. Um, it, you know, again, he's finished with 39 um, on 15 of 18 shooting, which is mind-boggling. Um, but it's very notable, I think, that he only attempted four shots in the second half, which tells me a couple things. One, it was obvious that the Nets came out of halftime and said, we're probably going to lose, but we're definitely not going to lose by giving up a 60-burger to, to Jalen yeah. Brunson. Um, and you know, if we have a chance of coming back, we got to cut off the head of the snake and they started running two guys consistently in Brunson. What does Brunson do? Exactly. Unselfishly finds the open man, whether it's, you know, uh, Randall at the, at the nail or, you know, Hardenstein or Mitch Rob, um, you know, Grimes knocking down three pointers. Um, and that's what we expect him to do because as he said, after the game, you know, he's asked about his, you know, statistical production. He said, listen, all I care about is wins. Um, and, and, and proof is in the pudding actions speak louder than words. Um, so we know that, um, you know, I think that the, the jazz were probably caught off guard just to, by how well, um, yeah, oh, yeah definitely well, last season, yeah. you know, they just, they expect them to play well, but not that well without Luca. Um, now we have that series 
and the rest of the the, the, the Mavs playoff run. And now we have a you know eighty plus. You know, we'll have eighty plus games of, of Jalen Brunson dominance in the regular season. So um, it'll be challenging for 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 Brunson. But as I mentioned, that's where you come in the complementary pieces. That's when Randall can excel as a facilitator. That's when you can then when Barrett can be a connector on the offensive end. If Grimes knocks down his threes, um, we know that these guys can put a defensive team at the end of the game on the floor at the end of the game uh, for the final eight minutes with uh, a yep. combination of IQ and or Grimes, Hart, Mitch Robb uh, at, at the back line that are, that are going to make it difficult to score. So, um, you know, even if the teams decide to to really shut down Brunson, having all these other pieces, uh, complementary pieces um, that, that can excel in their roles, again, excel in their roles. Um, you have a very interesting, dangerous team. And listen, uh, no team's going to say, I, I'm scared of the Knicks. I don't want to play the Knicks. Every team at the top of that that Eastern Conference, if you give them some truth here, is going to tell you, I want no part of New York in the first round because that's a, that's a dangerous, scary team right now. I totally agree with that. And I think with Brunson, I think the Nets, in some ways, did the Knicks a favor with that second half because yep. I, I think there is a – very good chance that when they get to the playoffs, you'll see teams guard Brunson the way the Nets were trying to guard Brunson. Because um, he, you can't guard him one-on-one. I mean, yeah. if you really decide you're just going to guard him one-on-one, he's going to kill you. So I think that I expect when the Knicks get to the postseason and whoever that first-round matchup is, that you'll see teams running doubles at them. And I hope that he see more doubles during these last 20-some-odd games or 18 games, whatever they got left in the season, because the Knicks got to be, have to be prepared for yes. what they're going to do when they take the ball out of Brunson's hands. Because yes. you play basketball at the grade school level, you know, whenever a team's got a top-notch point guard, the, the strategy is always cut the head of the snake. So I expect that any team that's going to play against the Knicks in the playoffs are going to try to get the ball out of Brunson's hands. He saw Mikhail Bridges was picking him up full court, not letting him get the ball inbounded at some points in that second half. And I think the Knicks being able to hold off the Nets, essentially they tied them in the second half. The Nets won the third quarter by just one point. Knicks won the fourth quarter by one point. So essentially it was a, essentially it was a wash in a game that the Knicks were up by 24 points. So um, the fact that the Knicks were able to execute still while Brunson had to get the ball off the way as much as he was, I think that that was great kind of, you know, almost like scout team work. It's crazy. I'm talking about the Nets as a scout team. That's kind of what they were in that second half. Knicks being able to get that work and understand what their, uh, what their uh, strategies are. I, there were so many times in that second half where, I see Josh Hart pulling Harden signs saying, hey, actually, when they do this, you got to be here. IQ was talking to someone at some point in the game. Well, say, hey, I think we should do this. Like, they were talking through things as they were kicking the crap out of the Brooklyn Nets. So a lot of this work that they got in this game was good. And in many ways, again, it felt like a scrimmage in that second half because they got to work on things that I think are going to be important for the playoffs. And the other thing with Brunson, and it'll be interesting to see, maybe teams decide, hey, let JB get his. And we'll, we'll we'll keep Randall in check. We won't let Grimes yeah. get open threes. You know, may, maybe that's the case. If if you know if 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 uh, Brunson has twelve assists and the Knicks win by eight in the in the game one and then he, game two, which that's what postseason adjustments are all about. Which is where Tibbs yeah. will have to earn his money. Um, and, yes. and we'll discuss that if and when the time comes. Um, uh, but just in, in terms of the Nets game, um, I remember us talking on the pod previewing. The first Nets, the second Nets game, uh, the, the previous Nets game prior to this one was what ten days ago, whatever the case yeah, was. Yeah, was, um, yeah, thirteenth, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was the first game after the Nets had acquired Mikael Bridges and after the trade deadline and, and Harvey's here. Um, and we talked about what it can. Will Mikael Bridges be able to slow down Jalen Brunson, who's been playing at an incredibly level? Because we know how good of a defender uh, Mikael Bridges is. Last two games against Brooklyn. Brunson has scored 79 points on 38 field goal attempts. I mean, that's, uh, again, the guy is playing at a level 
of at which nobody could have anticipated. It's, it's been incredible. And the last thing I'll say on this game is I, I think that you're we have seen an official shift in this Brooklyn Nets New York Knicks dynamic. Like I I, I went on WFAN and said the Knicks were going to watch these guys. And they went out and watched these guys. It wasn't that surprising how much they beat them down, to be honest. Like, I think that's the Nets team that's still trying to find themselves. Um, They have pieces that are good, maybe in a vacuum, but I don't necessarily fit. And I think the Knicks are going to kind of be the big dogs in this rivalry moving forward. Like, unless the Nets find a way to make a trade or do something to bring in a star and consolidate some of the pieces that they have. Uh, I think that that nine game losing streak Knicks went on. They may be able to go on nine game winning streak against the Brooklyn Nets because the last two team, two times these two teams played, and they, they look like they shouldn't have been on the same floor. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's on Twitter this morning saying he's the best center in New York City. Um, I kind of thought I Hugh took the matchup with Cam Thomas personally because I mean there were times he stripped the ball right out of his hands. It just seemed like every time Cam Thomas was on him, he was going right after him. Like I think the Knicks see these guys on that other side and say that's food, and they're going out there to destroy. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, and I think it 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 circles it, it the the turning point when we look back, and if that's the case for the next three or four years, will be the signing of Jalen Brunson. You know, like I was, I, and I wrote about it this morning. The Knicks won thirty seven games last year; they were thirty seven and forty five. The Knicks this morning are thirty seven and twenty seven, so they've already matched last season's total. Eight of the te- eight of the ten Nick rotation players, guys, in terms of most points scored, most minutes played from last season returned this season the only two yeah, guys that that aren't there alec burks and kemba walker who made way for a new point guard and that new point guard has changed this franchise immeasurably in a very short amount of time um something for you to discuss on a on a on an overnight sometime on wfan <laughs> yeah is is brunson yes he's in the conversation for greatest if this continues it's early we got plenty of time but that's conversations are fun at this point you know he's he's up there with the greatest nick free agent signings the john starks the anthony masons the alan houston's what about in new york sports history where does he rank if he go if he goes you know reggie jackson um you know like you know wayne gretzky you know had had a big turnaround curtis martin for the jets um in the late 90 late 90 so all these guys that just you know you can direct you can pinpoint the time and place um, when the franchise kind of changed direction, changed trajectory, um, and the Knicks are on a new trajectory, and a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the captain of the ship, and that's Jalen Bronson. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, definitely because of free agent designers in New York sports history, I mean, he's got to be up there. I think in terms of just losing total, he's got to be up there. I mean, I'm thinking Mark Messier, I'm right? You no know, trade, a date to push a trade. You know, yep. There are certain moves that you say, okay, there were trades that were done that, you know, but I think, I mean, yeah. We're, we're, we're kind of in the middle of this. We don't know where this is going to go, but it just looks like the trajectory is extremely opposite for the Knicks to get them once at the home. So uh, a big win for the New York Knicks. They pounded that 142-118 at MSG. Um, Seven-game win is now for the New York